Hey. Hey. Yeah. Go on. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Late Flag, the aftermatch podcast of the LFC Red Poets. Tonight, we look back at Liverpool's magnificent third round FA Cup win away at Arsenal at the Emirates. I'm your host, Les Lawson, and I'm joined tonight by Tom Keegan, Pete Warburton, and Ben Kent Jr. So, first of all, Tom. Around about half past three this afternoon, we were expecting you know, a few changes from the from the last game because of you know an, a couple of injuries and also you know with a couple of players being away at, at international tournaments. But then to hear that Virgil was ill and also wouldn't be involved, you felt a little bit less confident than you were anyway because we always thought that this was going to be a difficult tie away at the Emirates. So to see that, to see a start in 11 without without Virgil, it did knock you know, your confidence a little bit. So what did you think of the start in 11 when you when you seen it? I was, I was, we, we were saying when we were, we were unsure what kind of team he was going to put out, whether he was going to put a strong side out or where we we throw a couple of young kids in and, and see. But, I think I, I didn't know Verge was ill because I'd only when we got back in to, to I was back in a bit late so I, I'd seen that he wasn't playing and he wasn't on the bench so I, I, I'm I'm so I was surprised I didn't know he was ill there so that comes a bit of a shock but um, when you see the side at this at this moment in time like we say I've seen before it doesn't matter it doesn't seem to matter. What the team he we put out, they seem to rise to the occasion, don't they? You know, they were, if if one of the big name stars goes out, somebody else comes in and does a job. And he, and it, so while I, while I looked and, and seen it wasn't as strong as we, we we thought it might be, but it was a really good side as it turned out, wasn't it? Yeah, Pete. I mean, I think when we seen the side, I don't know about you, but I expected. Harvey to start in midfield and Cody to to start up front, maybe interchanging with with uh, Nunes. But when the team actually sort of you know kicked off, it was Harvey was playing up front. Did that shock you? It did in a way because I know I think we spoke prior to this, and you know we were we were saying you know who's going to take the Salah role, and I don't think. I don't think any of us agreed that you can replace Salah like for like. There's no other player like Salah. So, although I thought Elliot might get a start, um, I thought it would have been further back in midfield. But um, it was the stronger side than I thought. To be honest, I thought maybe Connor Bradley might might have made a start at right back. Um, and I know they got Owen back, Owen Beck back from Dundee, but he was ineligible because he got a booking in Scotland of all stupid things. Um, so that's why he wasn't on the bench or, or available. Um, but when I first saw the scene come out, I just thought that they'd left Virgil out and left him on the bench. And then it wasn't until I checked that I realised he wasn't even on the bench and he, he'd taken ill or something. So, um, yeah, on paper, it was a bit stronger than I actually thought we would have gone. I thought maybe Gravenberg may have started ahead of, of Gakpo. Um, and I wasn't too certain if... Um, if um, Jota may, may have made a start, um, but he's probably you know getting back to full fitness after his layoff. But, but yeah, all in all, um, 
uh, it was a bit stronger than I envisaged, to be honest. And it was good to see um, Machabach in the start of 11 after his little cameo the other day against Newcastle. And also, you know, it was good to see Curtis getting another start again to build on his man of the match performance against Newcastle. And, you know, the, the rest of the team really then picked itself. It was just more of a case of how they were going to line up and which of the four forwards, if you like, was going to be left out. And I think, I don't know whether you agree, but I think it was it's it's the correct decision at the minute not to not to push Jota too quickly. You know, he's done really well in the in the couple of games where he's featured. But we let's not forget he was out for a good few weeks with a hamstring injury. So to to, to rush him back and give him a start, it might have been too much too soon. And he's still having a great impact from the bench. He's still a great card to play from the bench. So in that case, I think probably the 11 players that started once we knew that Virgil was in, was ill, sorry, was was probably roundabout right, would you agree? I think so. I think the team that Jürgen picked ultimately was spot on. I think we rode our luck towards the start of the game. But I think the points that you made um, in terms of Yossa, I think Yossa should be our number nine. Um, we might get on to this. I know you guys are a massive fan of, of Nunes, but I think I think Yossa should be the number nine. Um, but besides that, I think looking at when the team came through at half past three today, I had no complaints. It was a team stronger than I thought. Like... If I was to pick the team, I was speaking to Salty yesterday um, and I was like, if we go out of the FA Cup, it's not the end of the world. And I know that that's a stupid thing to say before we've even played the game. Um, but I still stand by it. But saying that, uh, 18 minutes, I was like, get in! Uh, when we scored, nobody was more excited than me. Um, but... I still think the, the the game today was a game that if we won or lost, it wouldn't have really mattered. But for me, that's the the win was massive. And I think Jürgen got it absolutely spot on. I don't think there was anyone that he picked that was wrong. Um, so for me, it was a great managerial performance. Um but saying that, it was stronger than I thought. If I was the one picking the team, I wouldn't have gone as strong as what we thought. I don't think I would have played Canate um, or Gomez. or Well, I would have picked one, but not both of them. So fair play, they both came out with no injuries and that was a great result for us. Um, but yeah, like I, I just think that it was a brilliant result Injury wise, there was a moment when Gomez went, uh, sorry, when Canate went down, I was like, oh crap, that's why we don't play him in these games. But it wasn't an injury, was it? Um, so yeah, like I think, Les, it was the right team in the grand scheme of things. Looking at the bench, it was relatively weak, wasn't it? Like we look at the bench midweek and it was so strong, but today it wasn't. So fair play to Jürgen, he got a spot on. Yeah, Tom, and they, them being the home side, 
they really started the game quickly. Um, and it, but I don't think the the formation that we started with, if you like, with the midfield of McAllister Jones and Gakpo, really sort of worked to a degree. It it wasn't playing basically to our strengths, so mm. it was, you know, they they sort of with the crowd behind them started to push us back, and we couldn't seem to keep hold of the ball. Um, but the def- but the one thing that that really did impress me from the from every player really involved today, but I know we're just going to talk about the first half, was the commitment and the the sort of the team spirit, not to sort of give them any clear shots at goal and blocks that were going in, people putting the bodies on the line to to protect the goal. You know when we were you know under pressure. I thought it was I thought it was second to none, Tom. I thought defensively we were really down, Les. I think, as you say, they had lots of lots of the ball. They had they got round us a little bit. I think in the, in that first twenty minutes, uh, I I messaged you hadn't I about twenty minutes after about twenty minutes uh, and and, and and on the WhatsApp group, and I was saying y- y- we needed Cody Gapko Gapko and 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 Curtis to to get more involved in the game and I think that's why we were under a bit of pressure from the side because I don't think either player really got that involved so we were sort of disjointed weren't we for that first 20 minutes and then you felt that after then as you said I thought I thought while they had I, I, I noticed that the I think they had like something like ridiculous at the end of the first half. I think they said it was nine shots on goal, mm. but like I think I think at the end of the game they only finished with five on target. And like so, but all the chances that they had, they were sort of there was only one I think which I think it was Habovitz took a shot, and and I think Ali was always had it covered. You know what I mean? But other than that, I. I think it, they were more. I think they were more scares, scares in the box rather. And, and as you say, people got the bodies in front of it and defended really well. Mm. And um, overall, I thought I, I thought we defended superbly, Les. Yeah, Pete Ben was right there when when he said earlier, you know that when when Canate went down, um, you know in the after about 15, 20 minutes of the first half. You thought, oh no, that's all we need now. You know, there's Virgil's ill, you know, Matip's out, and all we need now is Canati going down. But it was just like a bit of a, a clash. I think he got a knock to the head, didn't he? Mm. And that's what forced him to go down. Um, and it was good to, to when he got back on his feet. And then, you know, a little bit later, you know, Kwanza got a, a knock and he went down as well. And But he, you know, after a little bit of treatments, he sort of, got up and, and carried on. But it was, as Tom said there, it was a really good sort of defensive display, wasn't it really? I mean, Kwanzaa gave the ball away once and I think Joe Gomez gave it away once. Um, and they had, they had give them the opportunity to perhaps create a better chance than they did in the, in the situation. Um, but overall, I thought that, you know, you know Liverpool did defend well, but we didn't keep hold of the ball that well at times in the, in the first part of the first half, Pete. Yeah, I was going to say, like you've said, Arsenal started off quick, which they did, and 
I don't think they overrun the midfield, but they were certainly cuter than our midfield. They were they were getting to the ball quicker. Um, Odegaard was coming in between the lines. Saka was seeing quite a bit of the ball. But when it come down to the actual chances, like Tom said, I can remember the save from Havertz, which you would have expected Ali to save. I think the only one that looked like it was testing him in any way was right near the end of the first half when Ben White hit that shot and he tipped it over the bar. Uh, they had what how you, how you'd expect from a, a team like Arsenal at home. They had a lot of possession and they had sporadic little chances. They had, you know, balls. Balls. I think there was an early ball from the keeper that um that went over the top and but it was our defending. You know, even if even if we weren't going to win the ball, we were there to make blocks. We were there to harry them. We were there to drive them into wider positions and stuff. And yet there were the couple of scares at centre back. Um, I thought when Jarrell went down, I, I he, he seemed pretty. He seemed to on the replay, he seemed to sort of twist. And I thought if he's done his ligament, the lads off. But hopefully that won't be anything long term. And he played through it, you know. But yeah, I thought. Without keeping them at arm's length, they did have chances to, you know, they did have chances to hurt us, but the finishing was woeful in fairness for Arsenal. Some of the finishing was, you know, you can, you know, you can have all the possession and chances you want, but I mean, I've seen it, we've seen it with Liverpool earlier on the season with United, where we had all the pressure, but we just couldn't score. So, you know, give credit to the defence for, for putting in blocks, but yeah, the reason it was happening was, like you say, we just couldn't get the ball to stick when we cleared up, up, up the field. We just couldn't get a, any continuity, to be honest. And then really the, the first real go that we had was towards the end of the half and, and Trent hit the bar from it. But, um, yeah, we were struggling. They, they were they were really up for it from the first whistle. And, um, you know, they did put us on the back foot for long periods. Yeah, Ben, it, it, yeah, even now, you know, we weren't... As I've said, we weren't keeping the ball great. The forward players were still working really hard to try and get possession back. It wasn't as if though they were they were just standing around and sort of letting the, the play bypass them, if you like. You know, they were really chasing down when the balls were getting played over the top. They were working back to try and help the midfield and defence. And I thought that the work rate of them all, you know, was absolutely superb for the whole of the game. Um but you know, you, you just wondered at, at times, you know, we we had a few skirmishes in their half and didn't really you know get the the pass right. We had a couple of free kicks that we had and didn't really make the most of them with the, the balls in the box were were disappointing. And um and then we created that chance for Trent, who again, you know, for the second game running, mm. it's the bar against Arsenal. Um you know, and, and that that's basically equal there. One effort that hit the bar. Um, so things did start to improve towards the end of the first half. And you know, yeah, you you'd probably say we were fortunate to go in nil-nil. But having said that, I don't think there was one despite the commentator on BBC Guy Mowbray trying to will the ball into the net and trying to convince people that the chances that Arsenal were creating were better than they actually were. I don't think there was one opportunity there where I turned round and said, he's missed the sitter there, or that's an exceptional save by Ali. Mm-hmm. You know, we defended, and when Ali was needed, he was there. So I, I don't think we've played as bad 
as the BBC made out. Don't get me wrong here. I'm not defending that performance in the first half. And we were lucky, very lucky, to go in at 0-0. Um, you know, they had the chances to be 1-0 or 2-0 up. But at the same time, did they have any chances that were stone edge? I'm not sure. And Ali wasn't called into question that many times. And I, like I said to the lads who I went to the pub with it in, in Forby, um, we're going to win this because this it's just, it's all written. Like, they're missing chances here. They haven't took them. But at the same time, there was nothing that made me panic. And I don't know about you guys, but if you watched that game, the first half, was there any chances when you were at the edge of your seat when you thought, oh, crap, they're definitely going to score here? Yeah. I don't know if there was. Like, and, like, I know the BBC tried to make out, and probably rightly so, that Arsenal was a better team in the first half. But at the same time, it was a pretty comprehensively good defensively defensive display. Ibu um, was... Absolutely stunning. Um, and Quantar as well. But for me, there wasn't that many chances that Arsenal created in that first half. They were the better team, don't get me wrong. But they didn't really have a one-on-one that was a nailed-on chance. And I thought the Trent chance where he hit the bar, he should have done better. And I think Trent does need to improve with those chances. But at the same time, um, we were lucky to go in at no, no, a half time, and I think all four of us here would have accepted that. Um, but I think all four of us probably thought that we were going to win the game at the same time, and that's just a sign of where we are as a team. Yeah, I was just going to say, I was watching it with our Jack. And he was a bit too young to remember the 2001 Cup final, I said, but it mirrors that in a way, because yes. Arsenal gets chance after chance. Not I don't think, chances, but... I don't, some of the chances that he missed in 2001, when you look back at that edge. final, you actually, wonder, you actually wonder yeah. how they didn't go in. You know well, what I mean? Handball, handball. Honshaw yeah. got away with murder. Yeah. But what yeah. I'm saying is territorial, territorially, and... Chance-wise, I said, this just mirrors the 2001 Cup final. So so, we besides, besides the Istanbul game, that's my favourite memory as a Liverpool, as a Liverpool yeah. fan. And that well, 2001 final. Well, it, it, it's like Ben said, you just thought the longer the game went on and they were failing to take any chances. We had it in us to, make, we had it in us to create chances, you know. That's all I was getting around to saying. I'm not saying it was, it was the same in, in the way the way Henri missed chances in that game and stuff like that, but it was just the same sort of pattern where the longer it goes on, and you you know yourself when you've watched Liverpool miss chance after chance, you just know. No, Peter, it was. And, really. like, you, you could write the script, couldn't you? And, yeah. like, we were all hoping it was going to go that way. But it just felt like that. I, and I don't think it felt in any way that we, we were ever going to lose that game today. No, that's right. Tom, so at the start of the second half, we come out, there's no changes at half time in, t- in terms of 
personnel. But we change the formation. We move Nunes down to the left. Gakpo goes centre-forward. And Harvey Elliott goes back in midfield. And right away, you could see that the, they got the, ball, the balance spot on you know, mm. with the midfield and the forwards. All of a sudden, we had we had a threat down the left. Nunes was getting more space down the left, which was pushing Ben White back. Harvey was getting the ball in midfield and driving forward and creating stuff. Diaz had been moved to the right-hand side and was looking dangerous from the right. And Gakpo was sort of helping the midfield and linking well with the attack. And, and all of a sudden, Liverpool started to look much more dangerous as a unit. And Arsenal weren't looking as dangerous as they were in the first half. Do you think that's a fair assessment? Yeah, it was serious. Do you know what? I was listening to Ben. I didn't see the game like that, you know. I never... There's times when, when I watched Liverpool and, like, when we played Newcastle in, in, in away in the, first, in the first game and we can come back and won and we were hanging on. You, you were hanging on. We were we were desperate all the way to the first half. We were under pressure. I never felt like that in the Arsenal game at all today. Yeah, I, just, I thought they had plenty of the ball I thought they had plenty of the ball. I don't think we were ever in a position where I thought, oh, my God, we're going to be lucky to come out of this at a hard time, you know, nil-nil. I always felt that Liverpool had done enough defensively. And, and I, I think, if anything, it was more down to the fact that we we, we cut the chances. To, to The only one, you could argue, was, was Odegaard, which he smacked the bar. But again... The same with Trent. I don't, I, you know, when you said Trent should have done better with the shots, I don't think it was a brilliant shot. No, Tom, it, it was a brilliant shot. You know what? I did just, it, I, I think some, I think some, some, sometimes we, we, we set ourselves at, you know, like, a, like targets which are a bit, a bit higher. I thought he was re- really unlucky with that, you know? Tom, to be fair, the only reason why I say Trent should do better. Because he's a fantastic player, and I think I think the passes that he sprays from like sixty yards, I think he'll be disappointed with how he did it. If that was Nunes there, I think we'd all agree it's what he does. But for Trent, I think he should do better, and I think he'll feel that too. I just don't know. I'm not so sure. You know, I think overall, I think I think I'd come away at the half time, and I thought I, I didn't think we, I didn't think, oh God, we're lucky there. We agree with that. I thought it was a funny type of game, and I thought Liverpool. Les made a great point on on the WhatsApp group, and they were talking about us being disjointed, a little bit disjointed, mm. a little bit out of place. I think when Liverpool then we we moved the players into the more natural positions, we looked at totally different outfits. And you know, with Nunes, I, 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 I feel for this kid. You know, I'm looking at, I'm watching this boy, and I'm thinking to myself, there's not. A, if you lined up all twenty centre backs in the league, and I include Saliba in Saliba in this today, who I thought is a de- is a decent centre back, and you say who's the most difficult player you played against, and every one of them, I'm a hundred percent sure, will say Nunes. He's he's a, uh, even in even in the first half, he was an outlet. But Tom, he, he doesn't score, quick. does he? Uh, you, you, could, you, you could argue, you could argue that he doesn't score. But he, at the moment, he's scoring goals and he set chances up. He, you know, like you could 
Liverpool, I agree with you, Tom. I think Liverpool wouldn't be where they are this season. And with that, people, people shouldn't be people shouldn't be brainwashed by by yeah. the media because because I think if you actually look at the amount of goals that Nunes has made for other players, and the other thing being, I was listening to I was listening to something on the on the radio uh, on the a podcast when I was walking the dogs before the game, and somebody said on that podcast that had never really thought about. If Nunes had took the penalties that Salah took, Salah would have the same number of goals as Nunes has got. And Nunes would have the same number of goals as Salah's got. And it's just... The the, the, the thing is, for me, is that the people like to to sort of believe what the, what the media say. And if the media say something, they sort of get brainwashed into thinking that's right. Now, there's a number of times I love, I love Jots, right? But there's a number of times when Jot starts and people around me are saying in the car, Jot has done nothing today. He just can't get again in the game and take him off. And yeah. then all of a sudden the ball will drop in the box and he will score. Right. Now, Ben is probably right in that Jot is probably, you know, in terms of a goal poacher, is probably the best mm. number nine that we've got. But not always when, when Jota does start, does he does he cause the problems that, that Nunes does? Nunes is, you know, I admit, you know, he should be he should have scored maybe a couple more goals than he had as this season, especially, you know, people sort of you know, cite the game against Luton for him missing chances. But I can remember Diogo missed an open goal at Wolves when he mm. takes it round the keeper. And He's got all the goals for him, and he hits Connor Cody on the line. And Divock come on a sub and scored the winning goal and got him got him basically out of jail. So all strikers go through a period of the time where they're not scoring goals. King Kenny went a full 12 months without scoring. It happens to all strikers. Well, less, but, but less. It is, and it's not as if... And I would agree with you. If he wasn't contributing and creating goals, if you look back to the Fulham game, Liverpool wouldn't have come back in the Fulham game without Nunes. No, okay, Les. And he wouldn't have, right. and he, and we wouldn't have scored. We wouldn't have scored the um, the the opening goal against um, against Newcastle without Nunes. Do you right? I just I just you don't, don't I I don't see it, Les. Honestly, right? I want I want to believe in Nunes. Don't get me wrong. I really do. Oh Christ Almighty! He's frustrating the crap out of me. You know what, Ben? You know where you're being. I think you're being hard. I think Liverpool. No, I'm not being hard, Tom. Honestly, I genuinely, I am not being hard. I think Liverpool are a far better team with Nunes in than we are without him. I think he gives so much more than what that we've got. He's a constant threat. The link up play with Salah, and he he picks Salah out. The goal, the one all the other day. We know the first goal against against um, Newcastle. He could have scored himself. He could have. He could have set it up. He laid it on. on. Could you imagine Mo Salah doing that for him? Yeah. But Tom, right? Yeah. Okay, right, Tom. If Jota was in that position, what do you think would have happened? Do you know? Do you, do you know what? He, uh, while I accept, I really do. I agree with what Les says. Jota is probably your most lethal striker. And if this is the point. 
It's right, but, if you go but, back now to when we won the league, and we absolutely loved that front three. And for me, that was the best front three we've ever had, certainly in my lifetime. I don't know about you three, but in my lifetime, that was the best. But Nunes, as much as I want him to succeed, and the talent, I think, is there. But Christ almighty. You know do you know he what? Cannot he cannot keep this. missing. He cannot keep missing the chances he's doing. Like I know, and I know that he's creating what he's doing. But if we are to win the league, I genuinely think we need more. And it's all well and good him saying, "Oh, he's assisted here. He's done this." Can I? Can I just say this? But, For uh, me, uh, I just, genuinely think he needs uh, to do more. Can I'll I just make one, one little quick point? I'll tell, I'll tell you one thing just before quickly talk. Go on. I'll say the last point on this, Les. Yeah, I'm just going to say, I'll just say this to Ben. Mm. Liverpool wouldn't be top of the league, but for Nunes this season, with his contribution, you have to look around. Uh, people, as I said, people just look, people just look at at goals as a stat. Don't remember. Always remember Bobby only ever scored more than 20 goals in the season. I don't, I don't think you can compare them, though. Like, Bobby was a totally, totally different player. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. The thing is, this is the thing, right? You have to accept. I'm not one to argue with you in any way, but you've got to admit you must be frustrated with him. He does, he does frustrate me. He frustrates me. He frustrates me. Bobby, though, because I don't think he did. Bobby did frustrate me, but the number of times I'd be sitting watching a match. And I'd say, bloody hell, Bobby, what are you doing? And the next thing he'd do something, yeah. something completely outrageous. Do you know my, my thoughts final thoughts on this, Les? My final thoughts on this, and this, this is all my, my final thoughts on this, right? We've got, in my eyes, the best manager probably in the game mm. at, at compa- in comparison. And if he picks him every time as he's starting number nine, that says enough for me. I think Tom. he realises he gets the best he, what he gives to the team is is worth his place right. in the team. So, Tom, I, I, well. Tom, I completely agree. I would not swap Jürgen for anyone. There's no one that I would rather be the Liverpool manager than Jürgen. But at the same time, if you were picking the team right now for the next game, who would you pick as number nine? I'd pick, I'd pick Nunes. And I'll tell you for why, Ben. We're, we're we're currently we're currently top of the league. We're, we've we've knocked out Arsenal of the, of the FA Cup. We're in the semi final of the uh, we're in the semi final of 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 the League Cup with first leg at Anfield. We're we're in we're in the last sixteen of the Europa League, and and I'm looking at, at this side and thinking to myself, this side is gelling into probably, uh, you know, what he clock calls is is Mark two and. This, this, if if he thinks that 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 he's the best player for that position, then I, I'm that's fine with me, you know. Do, and do I, you agree with him? Do you, do you agree, Pete? Come on, you be the voice of reason here. Come on, Pete. I think Nunes' best position is on the flank. I'll be honest. Exactly right. This is the point. Right. But in saying that. With the present squad and and you know accounting for the Moby in a way, who would you play as your out and out centre forward? Jota. But he's not much. He's not fully fit, is he? 
Oh, yeah. he is. No, he's, he's not fully fit now. He's not fully fit yet. I think Nunes is more of a pest to defenders when he's in that left channel. I really do. Yeah, that's not to say I wouldn't play him down the middle either. He's he's quite fluid, but I think when he when he when he moves to that left flank, um, I would I would say Nunes for me is that is that's his best position. I think. So we'll move on. Tom and carry on from where from the start of the second half and sort of oh. say that you know the changes that Liverpool made in system at, at half time when Jürgen moved Harvey back into midfield and then moved um, Gakpo back up front and Nunes out to the left. That actually helped you know, the fluidity and for, you know, the balance was better and Liverpool started to get a grip on the game, looked much more dangerous and Arsenal seemed to, to not be as dangerous, if you see what I mean, if that's a fair assessment. Oh me, yeah. I think I think that was spot on, Les. I think we we started to get we we looked like a team, didn't we? We started to pressurise them, and then we started to break. And as the longer the game went on, I thought like Liverpool grown in stature, and I think Arsenal must have felt at that time that Liverpool were getting a foothold because they they made changes, didn't they? They put they brought uh, the more experienced players on. Yeah, that's right, and and Pete. After about 15, maybe a little bit longer at the second half, Jürgen made his first two substitutions when Maka went off and also uh, Cody Gakpo went off and on come mm. Graven Birch and Jota. And that again, you'll give Liverpool new impetus. And, and interestingly enough, Curtis went then and played as the number six. Yeah, it was a, time. And I, yeah. I just thought it was pre-planned, wasn't it, again? You know, to to give um, Alexis McAllister an hour, don't overplay him after being out for so long because you know, you're at a risk then of if you overplay him, you know, he could pull a muscle or something. Got plenty of games coming up, so to give him to give him an hour, and I thought to be fair, he did well today, considering it was his his yeah. first start for a number of weeks. I but think, what I did think you make did... of those two substitutions? Yeah. I think McAllister got caught once in the first half that led to like a. In fairness, Arsenal were pressing quite high and they caught him in the final third, but it, you know, obviously came for nothing. Um, but yeah, I, I think with half an hour left, um, Jürgen brought Josser and Gravenberch on, and we'd already started the second half in much better form. I thought, like you said, he changed it round a bit and they, they looked better than. More and more as the game went on, you could just see there was a, a lack of belief in Arsenal. It was coming from the stands onto the pitch. You, you could tell that the you didn't quite believe Saka had a had a chance that he put over the bar um, when possibly Gabriel should have should have headed it. To be honest, he was only six yards out, and he either left it or missed the header, and Saka put it over. And as each chance was getting put over or wide, you, you could just tell it, it was ebbing there. Sort of any belief they had. But yeah, they, they they brought they brought the lads on, and without actually bossing the game, we looked far more comfortable. Not that we were ever stretched in any way, but we we looked far more comfortable in possession when they brought Gravenberch and Josser on. And um, you know, I think just you could just tell the longer the game went on, we were never going to lose the game. It was just a case of whether we could smash a goal, 
and go through to the next round without the aid of a replay, you know? Yeah, so so Liverpool kept on pushing. We had a couple of Avnir misses on the break. Um, and then Ben, um, Jürgen then brought on young Connor Bradley and, and Bobby Clark. And off went Harvey and Curtis. Trent was moved to the number six. Connor Bradley slotted in at right back. And Bobby Clark slotted in you know, on the right side of midfield. And at that point, I was sort of thinking, right, he's, he, the last thing he wants to see, Jürgen, is a, is a replay. You know, the lads have, have done well here for, for 60 minutes. And we can actually go on and win this game if we get the get the first goal. And we had uh, we had hard luck a couple of times. Um, and what did you make of the of the two substitutions with with Bradley and and Clark coming on and for 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 the two lads Elliot and, and Curtis? Well, first of all, I thought from half time onwards there was a momentum switch. And I thought, and I, I said it in the pub, we're going to go through here. Whether it's a replay or a today, the amount of chances they missed, it just seemed to lend itself. But then we came out in the second half and we upped the, end, the momentum. And then those subs, and obviously Jürgen knows more about these lads than me because... Fair play, I'll hold my hands up here. I don't know anything about them, but they they acquitted themselves well. There was a few times with Connor Bradley, and he defended better than Trent. So there was mm. a few a few moments with um, Martinelli. Martinelli rips Trent every time, um, but Connor Bradley defended him really well. Um, so fair play to him. Um, and I don't know too much about him, but I thought. He acquitted himself really well. And obviously, Alan Shearer on BBC alluded, um, what was the other lad called? Um, Bobby Clark. Bobby Clark. He played with his dad, didn't he? Yeah, that's yeah. right. So he alluded to that a few times. But fair play to him, he did all right. And, you know, he showed he's obviously a player. Whether he makes it at Liverpool, I'm not sure, but you know, he showed himself in fair light. He took a good yellow card, then on 90 minutes, he did. And me, you know what? I was like, take it, you know, do it. Did he a man job that way? Yeah, you know, um, fair play to him. If that's all he does in a red shirt, then fair play to him. That's more than we've ever ever done, isn't it? Um, but no, I thought Jagan, when I looked at the team. It was it was a stronger team than I thought it was going to be, and then I looked at the bench, and I was like, "Oh crap, there's not much on that, and there's not much to change the game." Like I looked at the bench midweek, and I was like, "Christ Almighty, that's a bloody strong bench that." And all, how many people did we have on the bench? Was it seven or nine or whatever? And they all would have got in most of the teams in the Premier League this season, but. Today it was a little bit different, wasn't it? Um, but the the subs that came on, Connor Bradley, especially, held their own, um, and that's only a good thing, isn't it? So it didn't deteriorate from the performance. But like I said, um, at half time, there was something about the first half performance, and I think uh, Tom alluded to it in the first half. 
as well as Arsenal played, they didn't really create an out-and-out one-on-one chance. So I was thinking, and I'm pretty sure that the four, like the four of us were thinking this at half time as well. We're gonna get something here. Um and for me, Jürgen played it perfectly. The subs that came on did well, um, as well as we could have expected. So for me, it was it was decent. Tom, I think I think I was talking to you before and sort of saying that I think some supporters, you know, I, I mean, don't really sort of give Liverpool as much credit for bringing through younger players as they should. And mm. some, you know, I watch I watch a lot of the under-18s and under-23s and, and Liverpool have got some good talent coming through. But if you remember, a lot of people, if you think at the start of the season, would have sent Kwanzaa out on low and gone and wanted Liverpool to go and spend £60 million on Colwell from Chelsea. You know, a lot of people are thinking, you know, we need another right-back to cover for, for Trent. But they don't know about how well Conor Bradley did at Bolton. And you, you've got to give these lads an opportunity. Bobby Clark also looked as though he'd, he took some big strides forward during pre-season. Mm. And then picked up an unfortunate injury in the you know at the start of this season, which meant that he missed the Europa League games, which he could have been involved in. And when you when you when you put them three alongside Stefan Bacetic, oh, yeah. right, then it shows that there's there's some serious talent coming through at Liverpool. Um and I think you know these lads deserve to be given the opportunity to sink or swim. And I do think that in time they will prove to be to be valuable members of the Liverpool squad and probably save the clubs hundreds of millions of times uh, of pounds in, in the transfer market. And today they they come on at a crucial time, never looked out of place, and especially Conor Bradley. He sussed out he sussed out what Martinelli was gonna do and Played him really well. He put a, a good header out um, at the back post where mm. your dangerous cross come in and the, he defended very, very well. Prior to that, you know, as well, you know, I'll just ask you on the young players first of all, so we don't go, we don't yeah. go too far off. Yeah, I told you, you're right, Les. Well, I didn't know too much about about Jarrell Kwanzaa until you started, you know, earlier on in the season. We'd seen Conor Bradley, hadn't we? Last last season he got a couple of he got a season couple of before, starts. Um, the season before he got a couple of starts, and um, you seen he he looked a tidy player. Bobby Clark I've seen a little bit of, and I know that he's Lee Clark's son. And Newcastle were devastated when they lost him, so we knew that he, he's he, you know like he's a special talent. But this is a place to be, isn't it? I think. Do you know it's we. You've often people often say, you know, I think Ben made a good point before. I think when when um Connor Bradley come on, he did play Martinelli really well. He sort of stayed in 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 the right back position and concentrated on marking him, which I, which I thought mm-hmm. he done he done really well. But as you said, I think 
younger players coming into a side that's doing well with lots of senior players who are doing well. I think the it as you said before, you sink you sink or swim, don't you? And and a lot of these lads have really stepped up to the plate. The thing that you said earlier on, and, and it reminded me of a young Virgil van Dijk at Celtic. You know, Kwanzaa at times, he, he he eats the ground. He's quality going forward. You know, like, he's got a mean shot. He, he, he really looks the part. And as you said, he's going to save us a fortune. I would have liked to get Colwell, but then you look at Kwanzaa and I think, God, I'm glad we never got him. You know what I mean? Because it would have... It would have stopped this lad's progress, and he really does look a top player. So I think the younger players are now coming into the side, and they they're looking at the likes of Harvey Elliott, and they're looking at Curtis and seeing their integral parts of the team now, and and the squad, and and it gives them hope, doesn't it, that they can come in and do a job, and they don't feel out of place. So yeah, I agree to bring them players on away at Arsenal in the Cup against a really good Arsenal side and for them to do as well as they've done, I think I think it's, it speaks volumes for the for the future of the youth at the club. Yeah. Pete, I thought I thought when, when we were under pressure at times in the second half, Ibi was an absolute rock at the back. Oh, um and you know, I think I think that was probably his best performance of the season. His last two games to be fair He's played really, really well. Um, and it looks as though he's getting back to the form that he had in the year that we got to the the final in Paris and nearly mm. won the league. He's looking as though he's getting to that to that level now and it's important we keep him fit. But as well as Ibu, you know, we created we started to create, didn't we, a couple of chances on the break and, and we, we started to look more dangerous than what Arsenal did. And we yeah. just couldn't get the the final pass right, and then we get the um, we get the free kick, and it was a superb ball in from Trent. And yeah. I, I thought it was an own goal when I first seen it. I despite... put, I put, myself, I put yeah. myself first off, but I remember I always have flashbacks in certain things in games. And as soon as we got the free kick, I said to our Jack, "You remember Andy Cattle at Wembley?" Yes, yeah. that was yeah. That was before Trent even took the kick. And I said, this is going to be another Andy Catalyst. At the time, I didn't know if Nunes had got a, a, a touch on it or Diaz. And then obviously the replay showed, um, you know, that it was the own goal off the Polish lad. Um, but yeah, we, as I say, we, we looked more threatening throughout the half. And even when they brought uh, Connor on and, and Bobby Clark, it was still nil-nil at that time. So you can, you know, going back to talking about the kids, you can see that Jürgen's got faith in these kids. He certainly wasn't throwing on on the pitch to throw them under a bus at all. He wanted to... I think both managers didn't want to replay, but um, obviously both also wanted the win. But he put these kids on. And I thought Conor Bradley, especially at right-back, was fantastic, the way he, he covered. Uh, and like I think Tom said, Martinelli a couple of times got the better, or it might have been Ben who mentioned it, got the better of Trent's. But I don't think he got through Connor Bradley after he came on for the last 15, 20 minutes or whatever it was. So, um, yeah, so as I say, we got one up with the own goal. And then I think um, Arsenal made a rack of changes then. I thought they brought some Kessier and, and uh, Smith Rowe on. 
and Trossard later on, and they were just obviously trying to salvage the game at that stage. But yet we were creating some good openings prior to that, and it was just what did just Sorry. just quickly, just quickly, what did you make of the opportunity when when Nunes broke down the left and crossed it over, and it just went behind Diaz? Do you yeah. think it was a bad pass, or do you think Diaz went in too quickly? Because that's I, what I, I thought. I I thought looking at the replay, I said to our Jack, Diaz didn't have to go that bit that quickly. That's he what I thought. And I thought if it had just held his run a second half a second back, it'd have been a perfect pass. But you know, uh, I I don't think it was a bad ball in from Nunes. To be honest, I, I just think. I think uh, Diaz was so eager to get forward, he, he just yeah. overran it, if that's the right term, and it just went behind him. But that was a, that was the fantastic um, chance to to get a goal. Then, but um, as I say, we just without looking, well, we were comfortable. I think we were more comfortable, and with each chance or half chance really that Arsenal got, especially the one Saka threw for over the bar when Gabriel maybe should have scored with a header. Um, you could just see the the belief ever now, and you know, and, and it was transmitted from the crowd. They were getting anxious, and we just we just kept playing our our game. And as I say, it was uh, it was great to see that first goal go in. Whoever is on the way through, yeah. I mean, we had hard luck just before that, didn't we, Ben? With a mm. header from Jota that hit the bar. Lovely mm-hmm. header by by the you know he, he's really good in the air, isn't he? For somebody who's not. Who's not the tallest? And then the ball drops down, and there was four defenders in front of Nunes, and he put the ball the the effort wide. And then obviously we then score from the from the free kick, which was a lovely ball in from Trent. And then late on in the game, in injury time, within in the last minute, Nunes breaks lovely ball to Jota, who played a lovely pass to to Luis Diaz, and he finished it lovely with his with his right foot, with a Bobby no-look finish. So, <laughs> you know, and that, that sort of put us firmly into the draw for the for the fourth round to, tomorrow. So, yeah, it, it would have been nice to be in that away end, wouldn't it, when the, when Louis put that, that second one in? It was a bit, and I missed the boat. I, I don't know about you guys, but I was up in Scotland between Christmas and New Year. And I completely forgot about this ballot, and I would have loved um, to be at the Emirates today. But for me, the game it obviously wasn't won at half time. But for me, half time was the key element, um, mm. and I keep going back to it. I thought Liverpool in the second half were the better team, um, yeah. and I think if you watch just the second half, I don't think anyone would argue that Liverpool were the better team. And I think it was just a, que- a question of managing the first half, which we did. And obviously, Arsenal were the best team in the first half. I don't think anyone would argue with that. And they had the better chances. But we got through to half-time. And the sign of a good team is being able to manage it. And with the manager that we have, um, who for me is the best manager in the world, bar none, and I mean bar none, um, to get in the second half. Um, there was only one result. And for me, the fairness goal was brilliant. And it, I didn't realise it was an own goal for about two minutes until the replay came up. Um, 
because I thought we got the header in um, and I thought it was Diaz, but I don't care. Um, at that point, it was a deserved goal, not in the 60-odd minutes, but in the second half, it was a deserved goal because Liverpool were the better team. We were the we were the team on the front foot in the second half. We were the team that was looking more likely to score it. Um, and I thought Diaz, more so than Nunes, was the key to it. And his goal, and I was critical of him, and I said it to the lads I was in the pub with, and I, I still believe this, the drop-off from Mane to Diaz is quite big. Um, because for me, if we had Mane in that game, the game would have been out of sight before it was. But the Diaz finish was Mane-esque. It was similar to the goal that Mane scored against City at Anfield when we won 4-3, um, when he hit it with the outside of his right foot. Um, and that's what Diaz did for the second goal. Um, so it was the second half was a performance of a team that looks like they're going somewhere. Um, I'm not quite sure where that team is going, but it's definitely going somewhere. And I was speaking to Salty yesterday, um, and I said to him, if we go out of the FA Cup, it's not the worst result in the world. Because I don't know what you guys are like, but all I want out of this season, and I don't care about anything else, is the league. Yeah. And I think we've got more than enough for the Europa League. And I think that's sort of in the bag. And I know it's pretty... I don't know if it's a spoiled thing to say. Maybe it is. But I think we are such a good team that I think the Europa League is in the bag. And I think it's going to be our... If we don't win it, it's us throwing it away rather than anyone else winning it. But for me, all I want is the league. I do not care about anything else. I don't really care about the FA Cup. So for me... Yeah, totally uh, get where you're coming from there, Ben. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think we all said, um, didn't we, Tom, on the podcast mm. that we did to preview the game that, you know, we asked, I asked everybody whether you thought we'd be in the draw, and there's only Pete really who said that he thought we would be, but he thought maybe we it'd be because of a replay. So mm-hmm. it was it was nice to get that that second goal, Tom, and, and sort of you know put the put the tie to bed, you know, and and think right, we don't need a replay now. Then you know after after the game on Wednesday against Fulham, the lads are going to have a I think around about a week off, maybe a bit longer before they start preparing for the second leg, which they thoroughly deserve. It'll also give time to for some of our other players, the likes of Thiago, who has travelled with the team today, uh, but wasn't on the bench, but he must be getting closer. Pachetic to Bosliai, you know, to get to get the fitness levels back, you know, for the game against Bournemouth, to give Jürgen a few more options. You know, Andy Robinson and, and also Simicast as well. And it was good news on Simicast, Tom, wasn't it, that we said he's back sort of running already and the yeah. injury doesn't seem to be as bad as um as bad you know, as what it first seemed. And um and what you call it so you know come come the sort of end of the month we could have apart from Salah and 
and Endo who are away, depending on they do at the international tournaments, we could have a much stronger squad available to us. Yeah, I think that's going to be the key, isn't it, Les? If what, what we're all talking about and, and going on so many fronts, we're going to need the extra the extra bodies back. And I think if we can keep Thiago fit from from you know like the end of or the middle to the end of January till the end of the season, that's a massive player to have available. Same with Young Bacetic. Eventually, he's going to be closer. You know, we we need we I think we need a few people, as you said these. I, I think from that point of view, I think it, it the rest will do us good. I think I think Jürgen was saying, wasn't he? He's going to take a little bit of time off and and, yeah. and go to the sun, so he's going to he's going to recharge his batteries in between. I think the seven day break. I think it'll it'll come as a good sign for Liverpool Football Club. I think they will need. I, I do believe. I do believe. We 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 need either Robbo or Costas back by probably probably by the end of the month. It'd be nice to have one of them back by then. But um, I mean, so just just touching on that there, and just wondering what you think of this. Is that even if if Robbo and Costas are, are back fit, and it'll be great to have them back fit again and available. You know, I don't think I think Joe Gomez would I'd, I'd be. Really unlucky to be left out of the side. I mean, he's been a revelation at left back. But you know, he's been a revelation all over, hasn't he? For for the last yeah. couple, of, you know, I think he's come in and he's proved a, a, a few people wrong. I was saying this to, to one of the lads the other day. I can't remember which one, but like we were talking about Joe Gomez, and like he needs a run of games. Joe Gomez, certain players, you know, come back from injury and they hit the ground running, don't they? You know, like he takes them a couple of games. But for Joe, I don't know whether it's the seriousness of the injuries that he gets or, you know, like, or, or the severity of them, but he seems to take a little bit of time to come back. But Jesus, when he gets back, you know, he's, he's let nobody down, has he? He's been, again, Hey, he, he, did, he did say, Tom, at the start of the season that he, that psychologically he found it difficult last season mm. to come back. And he actually went and seen a psychologist during the closed season and also hired himself a personal trainer. And I think that's those mm. two decisions have proved pivotal in him getting back to the quality that we know he's got. You know what I mean? So that, that all bodes well. So I'm going to go round and ask you all now. I'll start with you, Pete, on this one. Who is your player of the match? Uh, some good displays, I think, all across the back four played well. Uh, and Connor Bradley coming on, your little cameo, he played well. Um, I think I've got to give. I think I've got to give me man of the match to Ibu. I thought he was a, a rock today. I think uh, I know Trent. Trent showed a, a few of his uh, dynamic passes from you know from right midfield to left, and he 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 sort of never missed with any of them passes really. But I think all in all, because of his defensive uh, display, his blocks, and also bringing the ball out of defence, I give it to Ibu. Ben, who are you giving your player of the match to? I'm torn, Les, between two. <clears throat> Uh, Joe Gomez, who I thought was brilliant, and Ibu. But I think if I was, um, I think it is Ibu. I was saying that 
in the pub when I was watching it. He didn't put a foot wrong, so for me, Ibu. Okay, Tom, who are you sort of giving your vote to? Do you know what, Les? I, I, I tweeted something. I, I tweeted something. What's I, I, not tweeted? Message something at half time. I I think I thought Canate was outstanding today. Probably the best game I've seen him play. And then going back to where he was, thought I thought Ben made a good point with Joe Gomez. I thought Joe was exceptional today. But you know, for me, you've you've got you've you've got the the team. I like, and I was using Odegaard and Odegaard and Rice as an analogy. And then you've got Trent, who's like, at this season, who's gone a level above. And like, for me, he just oozes quality and everything that was good about Liverpool today came from the foot of Trent. Mm. And I, I just, for me personally, I, I kept, I'm going to steal something out of Kevin's said to me at, at full time and I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the, the, the credit and I think he's right. He plays football sense like a 1970s Brazilian. Mm. And that to me I I, I think it, it'd be tight. Yeah. I, I feel cruel not giving it to you but I've got to give it to Trent. Okay Tom Trent get your vote it's all about opinions for me. There was there was I thought the whole team played well in difficult circumstances today. I thought they all gave their all. Um, you know, I couldn't have asked anything more from any player who who come on the field, for either in the starting eleven or the subs. In the end, for me, it come down to three players: Trent, Joe Gomez, and Ibu. But for me, I'm with Ben and Pete. I'm going for Ibu because. At the time, we needed him at the back. He was an absolute rock. And I don't think he did put a foot wrong. And when Martinelli did have those two runs at Trent and got past him, Ibu was there doing what he does best and there to, to mop up any danger. Plus the fact he was the leader of the back four today. You know, and you know, with, with no being no Virgil. So for me, Ibu gets the man of the match for me. So it's a 3-1 split for Ibu. Pete, we now move on to preview the game against Fulham quickly um, next week, the first leg of the, the League Cup semi-final. I've seen you had your pen out before, so I don't, know whether you, I don't know whether you were jotting down your team or, or whether you were just doodling or what. I noticed Fulham, Fulham won 1-0 on Friday and they left place a few players out. Bellina didn't play. Robinson didn't play. These were all on the bench. William was on the bench. So they've, they're they going to come strong as us. Uh, my 11 to start then. I've got Kells in goal. Kelleher in goal. Trent, Virgil, providing he's, he's back from sickness. Ibu and Joe Gomez. I've got a midfielder, Gravenbach, McAllister and Curtis Jones. And up front, I've got Diaz, Gakpo and Nunes on the flank. Nunes on rather than down the middle, I put Gakpo down the middle. I've got Gakpo stroke Jossa. I don't know if Joss is ready to do a full 90, so I've, I've said Gakpo for that. Yeah, I, I, I agree to be honest, Pete. I think that that he'll look to use Jossa again from the bench, in my opinion. So mm -hmm. he's he's firing for and they're not putting too much workload on him for and he's then got that extra number of days left to get 
to get ready for, for Bournemouth on the 21st. Tom, do you, 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 you sort of heard Pete's team there. Would there be many changes for you? I know I'm we have really. a lot of options, but... No, not really, Les. I think it, it'll probably be... It's whether he brings Jota on or, you know, like... And and he plays Jota out and he brings Nunes or he plays... Or he leaves him out for that game. But it's a game. It, it it's a game that we would stay to be won, isn't it? But I believe they'll be a difficult. I said to you the other day. I think they'll be a difficult outfit to play them. But even though I, I do think Liverpool, I'll be too strong for them. And at Anfield, that I, I think we're going to need to take a lead to to yeah. create passage. I think so. I think we'll go strong. Wouldn't do you know what you were saying? Keller in goal, he's gone with Keller all the way through, hasn't he? Yeah, he's the league cup keeper, isn't he? Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering whether he'd throw Allison in for that game. You know, like I, I don't think he will. I think no, Keller yeah. has been promised the league cup. Um, no matter who you play, I think the only reason I think a couple of years ago in the first leg of the semi final against Arsenal, I think Allison played in goal. But I think that was only because Alisson hadn't played for a couple of weeks before and mm. Klopp wanted to give him a game to sharpen him up. But I do think Keller will start in goal for me. So, Ben, what's you heard? I know you probably will start Jota, won't you? But I just think, I think Jürgen is hearing on the side of caution. With Mo mm. being away, I don't think he really wants to push Jota just yet because I think he sees in his head and his pre-planning the first so, game that Jota starts is Bournemouth. So for me, I would start Jota and I'd go very strong for this game to get it won at Anfield. Um, so it would be Kelleher because, again, I don't think Alisson will start in the composition. So it'll be, um, and then the back four of Trent, Ibu, Virgil and Gomez. Um, and then midfield of Elliot. Um, McAllister and Jones, and then up front, Jota, Gakpo, and Diaz. Um, and I, okay. I would wait, leave Nunez out for this. Yeah, I've I've got ten. I agree with with both ten of yours and ten of Pete's. To be honest, okay. um, the change I make is I'd have Elliot in for Graven Birch, and mm-hmm. I'd have I'd have from Pete's team, and I'd have Nunez in. Instead of Jota from yours, only I mean to play Nunes anyway, so Nunes would start anyway, mm-hmm. even if Jota was fully fit. But mm-hmm. I would, I would still, I would start Jota if you see what I mean. Instead of Gakpo, if so, if Jota was fully fit, the front three would be Diaz, Jota, and Nunes, right? But I don't think Jurgen wants to push Jota just yet because of his hamstring injury. And I think he's easing him back in. I think he realised he's a hell of a player to play from the bench, which is working well at the minute. So I see Jota starting from the bench and also Gravenberg being on the bench. And um and yet what you what what score are you going for, Tom, on, on Wednesday? I think Liverpool will win 2 0 Les. Okay. Ben. I, I think it'll be more. Like I, I think and I'm hopeful that we'll get the game won. So I'm gonna go for a I'm gonna go for a four nil. Well, that's confidence, Pete. What are you going for? I was gonna say two nil the same as Tom. I think the I think over two legs it'll give us uh 
two good games, Fulham, they're a good side on the day. I think if we can take something nil down to Craven Cottage, we should get through. So I'm saying 2-0. Two, two yeah, that, I, I agree. I, I'm going for 2-0 for as well. I think that would be a nice handy lead. And then if we can get the first goal in the away like at, at Craven Cottage in, and that, that gives us a three-goal cushion, that should be enough to, to get us through to Wembley at the end of February. One thing I was just thinking about while we were um, on the podcast, last season in the third round of the FA Cup, the team Arsenal drew Manchester City. They went on to to win the league, so let's, do, let's hope history repeats itself because City oh, won God, that I hope so. City <laughs> won that tie. And, um, and as I say, went on to win the league. So let's hope that history repeats itself. I remember... I remember in the in the eighties when Liverpool won the League Cup in in the consecutive years, every team that Liverpool beat in the League Cup final went on to win the um, the FA Cup that year. So let's hope that the Arsenal getting beat in the third round is the start of you know a, a double year omen for the team that beats them going on to win the Premier League. And on that note, I will end this edition of the late flag after our tremendous victory over Arsenal at the Emirates in the third round of the FA Cup. Fingers crossed for a, an easier draw if there is such a thing in the in the fourth round. So we can you know hopefully have a stronger squad available. Um and I think that you know hopefully if we have got a stronger squad available then you know we after us having a break with no replay in this competition you know, we'll be in a, a bit of safer waters then with Jürgen being able to rotate. So a fantastic result today. And a shout out as well, I think, to the to the over 7,000 Liverpool supporters who went to the Emirates today. They were absolutely fantastic. You know, a credit to the club. And, you know, they, they sang their heart out and the, the support they gave to the players, you know, from the first whistle to the last was second to none. So well done, everybody who, who, who travelled down to the Emirates today and a safe journey home for all. Anyway, as you always say, and end this podcast by saying, justice for the 97, don't bite the sun, you'll never walk alone. Until next time, see you soon. <laughs>